Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Okay, now we're recording. Hopefully it sounds good. I know, we'll see. It doesn't matter. We're right? here. Yeah. We're here. We're here, but we're not in person, so. Nope. All right. Well, welcome to a social distancing podcast. <laughs> the book Not Together Squad yeah. podcast. <laughs> exactly. That's- is it a squad if we're not together what are we we're a, we're a long distance squad okay sold all right so uh we're gonna try this we're gonna try an episode remotely well yeah well let's jump into our she said she said um let's talk about this we're reading the dreamers by karen thompson walker Read it. I'm pretty sure that we mentioned this in one of the books that we're going to be coming, one of our, like, I guess, what year was this? 2019. So it would have been at the beginning of last year saying, we, yes, sleeping disease. That sounds cool. We should read that. So here we are over a year I later. It. Yes, it is. Cause this book came out, it came out January 15th of 2019. And it's one this, I brought this arc back with me from Oh, uh, probably from Book Expo. Yeah. Or ALA, one of the two. Or something. So, yeah. um, and at the time, and she was there on a panel and I got to see her. And at the time I was like, ooh, and I, then I never got to it. But now we are. And, and well, as this, oh, it ahead. was a longtime listener, Mr. Fred, um, who suggested, he emailed us or me and said, I just read this. Um, it's a little timely and this was maybe a month ago or a few weeks ago. Yeah. It's obviously gotten even more timely, but, um, so thank you, Fred, for suggesting it and reminding us about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm glad that I read it. And, uh, and I was uh, like, we talked a little bit before, like, should we talk about this book right now? Cause things have really, you know, every day, like every hour, some, something new happens, but, um, but if you be listening from the future, yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows what will have happened by the time you hear this podcast or like the deep future, like the faraway future <laughs> in a year from now, we'll go back and listen to it. But, yeah. um, well, well I my argument, yeah, my argument was that, so the dreamers, I, I was thinking we should just continue to talk about it because I am a risky, but also um, it's a, it's a, it's not a, my justification is it's not a flu um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, different um, modes of transfer, transfer, what's transfer or whatever. Um, and then um the ending is not apocalypse. Yeah. Well, we don't know our ending yet, so. True. <laughs> but at least you're not reading about, like, and then everyone died. Like, we're right. We picked one that, you know, it's kind of like pandemic like, like yeah. really. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. pandemic like. Okay. So why don't you, why don't you tell us the rundown of the story? Okay. So, um, and by the way, I would say listen to it on 
1.25 speed is kind of, to me, the sweet spot. Yeah, it was. Narrator. It was perfect. Um, so it's, uh, there's a college town that's in Southern California and it's, um, in like this hilly area. So it's sort of, uh, seems sort of like maybe it's a little bit isolated from, um, other parts of the state. Um, and there is a young woman who kind of stumbles into her dorm, um, falls asleep. Her roommate is like, yeah, cool. Susan's is whatever her name was, is asleep. <laughs> um, and so everything just kind of proceeds as normal and then she does not wake up later and she does not wake up later and it's they can't wake her up but she's still breathing and her heart's still beating it's just very slow um kind of like she is just in the most restful sleep um and so they um the authorities come and take her to the hospital um and nobody really understands what's going on and then a second girl falls asleep um and this all kind of continues so um yes and so the book has several kind of main main people um there's a few different kind of simultaneous timelines going on there's may who is the roommate of that first girl um and she is she would do really well with the social isolation thing in fact she did like She's um, very much of an introvert, does not feel like she really gets in with the clicky dorm culture. Um, There's also uh, these two professors who had come to the town and um, had a baby and um, they have got some kind of internal chaos in their lives. Uh, And then there's also a psychiatrist um, who's from LA uh, who comes in to kind of figure out since it's sort of um sort of a psychiatric thing right they're trying to figure out yeah it's i my my, i thought my thought was like at first she came because they were trying to figure out like because there are like psychosomatic like sometimes people oh yeah like like Mm -hmm. like people think they get it and then like they're trying to figure out are these people just believing they're sick and then Mm -hmm their bodies manifesting it or and then also um eventually one of the dreamers wakes up Mm -hmm. um and so yeah so she's there to try to help him process that well well. and we won't talk much about it but the person who wakes up this is why it's kind of the dreamers and not just the sleepers is that he was like he wakes up and is like what i've been here for way longer you know it's way farther in the future than it actually is like he mm-hmm. has sort of dreamt the events that are about to happen. Um, I'm guessing fairly accurately. There's right. some other instances where that. Happened. Oh, and the other main character is was it Rebecca? Was her oh. name? And she she oh, gets girl. yes. She has well, oh. well the well. There's two other. There's a a, a prepper dad. There's oh, a yeah. there's, his, there's a, yeah. two little girls, and their dad is a prepper like a doomsday prepper. And so of course he's like, I knew this was coming, you know? And then there's um, Rebecca who is one of the college girls who um, he and and another boy hook up that the night before. And then she doesn't wake up the next morning, but uh, unbeknownst to anyone for a while, she's growing, uh, she's growing a baby. 
she had not yes, she just got pregnant um so so there's all these different yeah stories intersecting which i think is interesting it is it's like this overall story of the psychology of and the sociology of like what happens in a pandemic like where um like how it starts and how people start reacting and and it was it was weird to read this I feel like I marked some pages, but it was weird to read this as things were starting to get going um, here because she did have a couple, like she had a couple, or like especially one chapter that was just like, um, oh, well, this is all a hoax. And mm -hmm. yes. then it, yeah, yes. so mm -hmm. I can try to remember like where that was at in here so I could read some of them. They're but kind it was of like sprinkled throughout, I think, because there's some things where it's like, who's even heard of this town? This is probably just a, like one right, a, a made up so town. Big, yeah. Oh, oh here it is. Yeah. Okay. By now, certain alternate theories are beginning to circulate online. It's the government, they say, or it's Big Pharma. Some kind of germ must have gotten loose from a lab at the college. Uh, think about it. They say, do you really believe a completely new virus could show up in the most powerful country on earth without scientists knowing exactly what it is? They probably engineered it themselves. Um, or maybe there's no sickness at all. Isn't Santa Laura the perfect location for a hoax? An isolated town surrounded by a forest, only one road in, one road out. Um, the people you see are crisis actors played to pay their, play their parts. Um, or that Santa Laura is not even a real town. Mm -hmm. It's just a set, yeah. Yep. Um, now just ask yourself, they say, who stands to benefit from all this? It always comes back to the money, right? The medical industrial complex. And who do you think pays the salaries of these so-called journalists reporting all this fake news? Just watch in a few months, Big Pharma will be selling the vaccine. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I saw a couple yeah. of those posts in the last uh -huh. week. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe because some people you know might have been posting these things. Well, and what's wild is that you read the book like maybe a week after me, not even. Yeah. And your experience would be different from my experience mm -hmm. because when I was reading it, it was, I don't think, I don't know that if it was in the United States, if coronavirus is in the United States yet. I don't it was if, when you were reading it might not have been because I think the first case, maybe the first cases came up when while I was reading this. I might be able to tell on my Libby app, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it this is yes. Yeah, so this is kind of a to me there's a very interesting like time and place novel because um, you're if you if you listener reads it right now it's going to be a different experience you know and then if you read it after hopefully everything's all over then you know it's oh yeah i returned it on the 6th of march so i read it before march yeah wow yeah um well also what's interesting is that this one um takes place as you as we kind of said like all in the college campus is where it's you know it's all in this dorm hall and then they get they get kind of quarantined in the dorm um they have to get moved you know once like just eventually um and like the prepper dad is freaking out because he knows it's gonna come to where they are 
Right, um, and he was a janitor at the college. And, and he is already very, let's say, hyper-concerned with his right. thing. He's, wait. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the word. It's interesting, well, it's an interesting thing to me that there is, and, and he's an interesting character, and they go into the character, especially through the eyes of his daughters, which I think are really... Oh, God, which made me just so sad. And I haven't read Educated still, but it just uh, made me think of, like, how kids see, like, how kids grow up in the stressful environment of a parent who's a super-duper prepper, not... Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he definitely... And that's the, that is the, like, that, you know, there's, like, even a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing. But, yeah, and it's you know, like, I mean, like, he, he has, like, he has seen he's been ready things have come and gone multiple times that he was sure they were all going to die. And he had the kids in the bunker and they were, you know, and then it passed. They've all practiced their this or that and they know exactly right. what to do. And yeah. Yep. And so, and then this time, like it actually is a thing. And so yeah. that's, that to me is an interesting um, psychology of like, um, what it does feel like for us, because, you know, you can't go around, I mean, some people do, obviously, but it's very difficult to go around all of the time feeling like, uh, like the worst thing is going to happen. Like most of us cannot do that and still comfortably no. live. Um, yeah. And so I think when something like, you know, this happens, like the, the, pandemic we're under right now like just like in this book uh people are just they don't know what to do you know like they want to minimize you know they want to be careful but they also want to minimize like that it's probably not that big of a deal because a lot of times it's not right but, but this time it in is. our brains it's so hard for us to because we feel immortal you know yeah despite all the evidence to the contrary that none of us are but it's uh, hard for our brains to like really wrap around it um yeah which is then, what i thought she, she did a good job of like uh, of like uh, what like all of the different characters like watching everything unspool mm -hmm. i i liked this i liked that her take on that in this book just sort of like through the different eyes of the different characters and their different you know life circumstances you could um, imagine yourself in those different scenarios. And it was, of course, really easy right now to imagine yourself in this scenario because we're going through it. Um, this, like you said, this would be a different book to read in under different circumstances, but um, well, it was... So, there was a couple of quotes. There was one that kind of relates to like our brains not being able to process it, but um, it says, Worries, worry, she often reminds her patients, is a kind of creativity. Fear is an act of the imagination. So, like, Ooh. yeah, it really is. People, I thought I read something um, that this someone posted recently. It was like this: this has to be a hard time for people with big imaginations. Oh, it was my friend Laurel because she's she's a writer, and she for about a week was posting a lot over and over again. Um, and then kind of got on and was like, Hey guys, I'm really sorry. And then she said, I think she said like my mom, my mom said to me, 
this must be a hard time for people with big imaginations. Um, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a hard time for everybody right now, but like, if you, if your brain tends to take Mm. things and run with them, Mm. ouch, that's, I I definitely understand that. Yeah. My my brain likes to do that very thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, there was another quote that you really liked about, yeah, what was it? What did I say I really like? Um, well, see, I'm cheating. I'm on Goodreads quotes. Oh, okay. So um, it says, this is how the sickness, well, and this is this is true here, too, when we're facing this social isolation and, and restriction of group activities and things like that. It says, this is how the sickness travels best, through all the same channels as do fondness and friendship and love. Yes. That one hit me, like, I've just been thinking about that because like I miss I haven't seen Ruby my one of my best friends mm-hmm. um, who's in the at-risk category um, and she and I are very touchy you know like we hug we kiss all this sort of stuff and so it's really hard yeah and I like I think about that um, I've I've seen people say like they've had to they, that was specifically um, like in the story, there was a wedding and mm-hmm. the, the people didn't know they had it and they spread it all yeah. over at the wedding. Um, but, you know, right now people are having to make those decisions like people's parents have died, um, not from this virus, just mm-hmm. because they've died. And people have to make the decision like to even have a funeral for their right. parent or um, to postpone it or um, same thing, weddings, like, do we postpone our wedding? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, people are, I mean, obviously now doing it, but at a week ago, people are right. like, you know, yeah. should we, we should just go ahead, you know? Um, and so every, so, you know, just all of the things, I mean, now I, I jokingly, and I know other people have felt this way too, is now every, cause I'm watching a lot of TV to distract myself and every show I watch when people are like touching each other or hugging or in a wash group, I'm like, ah, wash your hands. Oh my God. Uh, I hope, I hope that that mostly recedes from memory when this is done. Cause I, I don't want to constantly be thinking about it all the time. I want everybody to keep washing their hands to the degree that they're doing right now. This is just uh, such a strange time for our brains. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and thinking about like when people did like the nuclear drills at school, you know, um, I've got a friend who says that like when he hears a specific tone, it's just like you just get under your, your body just flinches, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. And I mean, I don't know what this is going to do long term for well I um like I said I hope it keeps hand washing going I I saw a sign that was like hey you should why don't you use a a paper towel to open the door after you leave the bathroom and I thought I thought everybody did that because I always do that like I I wash my hands and I take a paper towel then I turn off the sink with the paper towel like the door to open it (laughs) No, I definitely did not. I was not an avid hand washer. Like, well, before I ate and stuff, never. Oh, wow. This is, well, and now I'm at home different? and I'm not touching anything. So, so kind of back to back, back to but, norm. But it did, like, at the library, I was just, my hands were just raw. Yeah. I was like, every surface, like, huh? Ah, ah. 
Yeah. Well, we're at that, you know, we've got, we're all quarantined in our home. There's five of us and, but one of us is coming and going because they still have to work. And so, um, you know, we still have to, even here, like we still have to be yeah, that way. Like I'm still trying really hard. I don't know. I, I can go back and watch this video and see if I touched my face. But what I'm watching, like, oh, having, having <laughs> but like, yeah, but like, so because one person's coming and going, you know, we really liked that, like act as if you already have the virus yeah. and then conduct yourself accordingly when you're doing everything you're doing. Because like, as particularly this one person who's coming and going from our house, like that could be the case. So like, um, we're still trying to stay in that mindset here at the house even, but I'm like hopeful that. Yeah, once this person is home and not having to leave the house that um, for a, a week or so after there that we can relax a little bit yeah and maybe not maybe just at home not have to be so hyper vigilant all the time mm. but even you know when you go out to get groceries and you know you gotta wash up before you go real good get out there mm. grab your stuff real fast don't stuff on touch your hands. things that you're not buying yeah yep only just I just like I brought a bag and I put all my stuff in a bag and took it up mm -hmm. to the front I was not even in the yes didn't use a card or anything well I'm the type who would like touch every apple before I picked the four that I'm gonna get and so now it's like oh just gonna look at those and then grab four <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you do start to just your brain and I I am fortunate to not have a super imaginative brain in this way but you everything you touch yeah. is awful. <laughs> it's like, yep. Well, well but, so like this the in the book, um, they don't talk as much about that transmission. It's more the airborneness of it. Right. I think because people weren't exactly sure how it was transmitting because it took them a while to even like recognize it as you know I don't know it was weird to me like when they did the isolate well I guess that's kind of what we did when they did the isolation so you know the first student got it and then another one and then they kind of realized oh we should isolate these students so they isolated the whole floor mm. that they were on um, and let all the other students go mm. but those students had to stay on their floor and then they moved them out of the yeah, I moved them out of the dorm into like a, like gym. a gym or something, yeah. but they still kept everyone all together. I know that so was, I was yeah, that right. was weird to me. Yeah, because I kept thinking like, but you know, some people might not have it, or some people might like, as we're learning about now, like the super carriers where they don't get any symptoms and they don't get sick from it, so they're infecting all kinds of people. I think that's yeah. the thing that makes me get itchy when people are like well I'm gonna still go do these things because I'm not sick and I'm like but you well, don't all, know yeah and it takes a long I mean it, yeah yes mm -hmm. you don't know but yeah. then like in this book so since it's college kids who are mostly well at least at the very start they were at first you know like passing around drinks together they were all yeah. like I don't remember smoking the same cigarettes or whatever you know they were all like right. and then even as they had to wear masks there was a point where they still were like, well, 
we're going to die. We should make out first. You know, like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was really interesting watching mm -hmm. these young, the very young people's way of looking at it. Yeah. And hoping. also kind of thinking like, what if this was happening when I was a college student? I have no idea. I don't know what kind of person I was. What you would have so. done. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it was a, it's a pretty good, I mean, I thought she, like reading this book and then watching like our world go through what it's going through right now and the different responses people are having like she did a good job of capturing that those feelings of like uh, I'm either you know so paranoid about everything or I'm pretty concerned but then <clears throat> then I hit a point where I just can't anymore yeah. and so which that to me is the hardest thing is you do all of this work like you're so careful and then you're just like I can't take it anymore and yeah. then you're not careful um it just you know just takes yeah. one time I guess if not no. careful but much like sex yeah <laughs> just takes one time just takes one time well uh, and like they talk about kind of helping others there's a character who's very uh, okay can we talk about this dude Matthew? the uh what was his name Matthew yeah the runner, the weird Matthew. Yeah. Um, he was, so I won't say the actual word, but, um, a friend on, of mine, um, that I went to school with, they described him as the ultimate philosophy student F boy, because he just, everything was a phil like a philosophical argument, everything like he was, he was, just kind of like on this other level of thinking that was not helpful during no. the actual practical times, nor was it even that cute when it wasn't. <laughs> I have very low patience for that, but, um, <laughs> but it does kind of talk about, you know, the greater good, so to speak, or what do you do if you're making a choice between this or that? Um, and like, what's your capacity to help people versus keeping yourself safe um and just how we all have different viewpoints right. on that hmm yeah no that was i maybe he was that he was sort of just, the the talking yeah, head of, you know um, his job like his job in the book was to to you know put some i don't know make people think this way or that way or think it through or decide like question their own motives or feelings mm -hmm. about things um it was very accurately written um as someone who felt who hung out with a bunch of philosophy students <laughs> in grad school yeah so. well um hmm. so i i don't know i think people well you know i just i wrote that blog post maybe we should i don't know maybe we should put it in there but i wrote a blog post about whatever you need right now in terms of reading, like some people need to read like really light stuff and some people mm -hmm. just want to like fully lean into mm -hmm. the pandemic experience mm -hmm. right now and just like immerse themselves. And so um, this, I would say this book isn't, it's not, the, it's not like uh, The Stand or it's no. not like a super graphic, super scary, pandemic novel it's more literary and mm. and thoughtful and you know that's it's obviously scary because something scary is happening that they can't control and that's how we feel right now 
but just as like a trigger warning, it doesn't end in mass apocalyptic world takeover. No. It doesn't. Um, looking for like a light, yeah, <laughs> like a little local pandemic, <laughs> something that <laughs> just to, to distract you from the <laughs> high calorie one. Of, yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think people might, there might, it might not be everyone's cup of tea right now, but there might be some people who do want to read about this because we're going through it right now. And it might be a really uh, eye-opening read about, about how you're feeling maybe, or about how you think other people are feeling right now. Yeah. And yeah. And what I don't want to read right now is the book of the unnamed midwife. Um, no. I That's a little too close. Yeah. Too. So I was we thinking. To, like, we did a she said, she said on that one, right? Yeah. And it was great at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite books. Like I just won't read it right now. Yeah. But so but. if you want to lean into the full on pandemic, you could go back and listen to our episode like about. the grittiness of human nature. Well, because I was thinking also about like um, Station Eleven or like other things that you'd mentioned in, in the, in the blog post and. And kind of on. ranking them in my head to like, which would I feel comfortable revisiting? I don't know. Station Eleven right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was such a good book, though. But that stuck with me a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, and like The Girl with All the Gifts is a post-apocalyptic thing. Um, and I don't, I shouldn't say there's no zombies in the real world here because who knows at this point but uh but the fact that it's like after the whole breakdown of society and there's zombies involved it's like it's a different feeling okay so this is a little far out if you want to if you want to read something that will take you like a little farther out in like a not as possible right way whereas book of the unnamed midwife is farther out it's it's kind of after the thing but in a possible way too close yeah yeah too close all right well that was she said she said that was we said we said we said well Uh, we will keep you guys you all posted on things at the library like as as things are kind of changing mm -hmm. or do you have do you have any um resource stuff that you want to tell people about um well that's kind of right now everything's kind of constantly changing okay so um, maybe I, we should wait and, and i can just i'll wait. link to yeah i'll link to i can link to like a resource spreadsheet um that will because like just food is a great place to follow for information either for help for you or to spread to others but their capacity is kind of ebbing and flowing and so um you know if i said what's happening right now it could be totally different so but i'm so, trying to keep those updated as possible on that spreadsheet okay. All right, so there will be, there's a spreadsheet that will be, you can find it on our website. Will we be able to Hopefully, find it on our website? Yes. Okay. I'm At some point. It'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely put it in the show notes and I'm just kind of okay. waiting for it to be put up. Awesome. Okay. Uh, that's good. Let's talk about something other than the pandemic right now. Dogs? Yeah, let's talk about dogs. Although it's kind of related. Quarantine dog. So it's kind of related, but we'll still talk about it. So I am 
fostering a dog right now that that I had fostered for a trial run for a trial run um and and he was he's just delightful but um he didn't work with Kate because Kate has cat and the it was he's very cat triggered he really is he's really cat triggered but we don't have any cats and so um he's super great with other dogs and he uh like we brought him home yesterday. We call him Hank because um, he looks like a cow. I still think that Gunther and Hank are gunk. I that's I think they're hunk. I know that. <laughs> Team <laughs> gunk. Hunther. Hunther. They're they're total bros right now. Um, yeah. But they are so. But the reason we decided to do that is, you know, I've been pestering my sweetest, sweet love of my life mm-hmm. to get another dog for, mm-hmm. for Gunther. And we're just, you know, we hadn't been in a place. We have an older lady dog named Suki who just is, you know, she's just old. So we thought we would wait. Um, but when this whole, when the, when the shelters were like, hey, Mm-hmm. We need people to foster these dogs. We don't have enough volunteers. To, we people, we it's know, really we're trying for to, the greater good. It, yeah. yeah. So I said, and he goes, "Okay, let's go see him." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And so now, I hope that he's a foster fail and that we keep. Well, him. isn't he with Kevin right now? He is. So you know, all we're all working from home, and so I have Gunther with me in my space. I love that. Well, I told you that he texted me and Brandon pictures of Hank. So I feel like, yeah, there's a good chance. He likes him a lot already. Well, we're going to actually, as soon as I'm done with this, drive to Kansas City to pick up a foster dog. um, Mm -hmm. It's a formidable puppy. So I shouldn't hopefully have trouble with other animals. Um, And we'll see how that goes. But I think... Just get all the dogs. Get all the dogs. That's what we're doing. So they do need a place to stay. I mean, it's, this is the, you just don't know. These are the things you don't understand about when things get completely disrupted about the ripple effect of all the things that get disrupted. And how many people are working their butts off to keep anything even looking like normal and... I mean, I would just, I am so in awe of, on a daily basis, of all the businesses and things who are, like, adapting their practices, um, who are coming together, who are, I mean, yeah, it's just, that's the thing, like, that has been keeping me more buoyed is. Yeah, that makes, does make me feel hopeful, and so, yeah, I'm, I am deciding where, like, because there's five of us, it's never cheap to eat out. So we just don't normally. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, well, maybe we should try to make a practice of at least like one meal a week that we order from somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, as far there's as right now, places, I think yeah. there's places that are doing like the five people dinner thing. Like Mad Greek, I think, is doing deliverable dinners and Maselli's. I mean, this could be changed by the time this is uploaded. But right. So don't take this as gospel. But but it, a lot of places are doing yeah the meal side pick our curbside pickup and um, so I you know I think it's a I, it, that's been heartening to me is seeing a whole bunch of just 
a wave of people who are trying to figure out how to support our local economy mm -hmm. um, when which is good and I hope that it stays after yeah because yeah. it's the it's our local people who are nope, a lot of who are giving away all the free meals it's not like the big chains exactly yeah so Taco yeah. Bell's delicious but they're not doing crap for Lawrence right now not right now we'll see but okay so yeah that's our that's our I don't want to say apocalyptic episode. That's our episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, this was, uh, this was interesting to do. Well, you know, it was good because you won't, you all won't see our faces, but, um, well, maybe you will see a little picture of our faces, Yeah. but, um, but it, it's been, I was like worried how we were going to do this. But the nice thing about this is that we can see each other's faces I know. while we're doing the podcast because I can't imagine trying to like no. vibe off of each I other know. as the kids yeah. would say uh without being able to see your face I know I've been yeah. a big fan of the virtual happy hours and things like that yeah well all right go get your dog mm -hmm. I and will then you can get back on later and we'll I'll we'll virtually look at your dog <laughs> That sounds great. But in the meantime, all the listeners, um, please interact with us. Leave us, you know, maybe now. We're lonely, now guys. <laughs> We're lonely. <laughs> We're lonely. Let us tell us some things about things. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll be back with another podcast. Yep. All righty. Happy reading. Happy reading. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website, lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Ken and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library.